Hey, uh, Jimmy Valentine, that was a really great game-winning score you had there at the sporting event. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. You can look for that card really soon at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. They got tons of sports memorabilia. Jimmy Valentine, RKO Radio News. Jimmy, what makes Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics your favorite comic store in the Colorado area? I'm telling you, forget about it. A comic collector like me, I can save 20% on a hold slot. Duh. Plus, it's hard for me. I'm on the road all the time. If I want the amazing Spider-Man and I'm not around, it's in my hold slot. Jimmy Valentine, what do you have to say about your recent allegations about steroid use? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question, but I am going to tell you that if I want to get Magic the Gathering cards, I go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. <laughs> the little square Jimmy Jr., he loves those. So go to 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Nevada, Colorado. They'll take really good care of you. Hold on, Jimmy. One Jimmy, more question. One more question Wait, no, no, don't go yet. Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. Barbecue that can't be beat. Try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust full flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores. Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to the podcast. I am Ryan. With me is James and Brad. And we are the real nerds. You did not sound excited about having us here. Well, I didn't know if I'm introducing you to as a part of the intro to this because you guys didn't say anything last week when I did the intro to our special interviews we've been doing. Oh, is that what this is? Yeah. Oh, cool. Who are we talking to this week? This week, we talked to somebody last month, Jonathan Tiersten. <laughs> he is uh, a horror star. A horror star? He is a star in horror movies, uh, most notably Sleepaway Camp. And then he took a 30-year break. Was it 30 or 20? 20? No. He'll tell you when the He'll interview. tell the interview. I'm pretty sure it's 30. No, it has to be 20 years because. He looks way too young. Yeah, it's 1983, so yeah, to 2003. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, he took a 20 year break because he focused on his music. Um, and then he came back in a movie called The Perfect House, which is a really cool movie. Um, it's an anthology, but it doesn't really follow some anthology rules, which I appreciated. And he is really good in it. His. his segment i don't know what you'd call it short segment um his anthologist make um, it part arc arc st- story with the with portion portion um he, anyway he plays a serial killer named john dozy who keeps a woman alive in his basement for five years because she's his muse that Ooh. gives him inspiration to kill people because he's a painter oh killing people oh yes. oh okay and he's very good in it um and he will tell you all about it. And what I really liked about interviewing him is he kind of just, uh, when we, we were doing Mile High Horror and we were really dead, oh, I was dead set on interviewing Kane Hodder who played Jason. 
and we really didn't know anybody else who was going to be there. And, and and that's nobody's fault. We just didn't know. Um, everybody was super nice. Um, and we we sat down in our booth, and you know, is anybody going to even talk to us? I mean, what are we going to yeah. do? And because uh, it's the first con we'd done since uh, since Comic Con, so yeah. I think we were all a little off our game too, because we're sitting there going like, how do we do? I don't remember how to do this. That too, and I mean, I'm really, um, I guess really only horror fan i mean brad you watch horror movies but not like i watch horror yeah. movies yeah i was i was really a fish out um, of water you know when he walked by i'm like i think i know that guy yeah and um he was just saying hey guys you know what do you get we guys do a podcast we said yeah he said well I'm out of all um, you know the movie i have i said oh what movie are you in he says oh i did a movie called uh the perfect house but uh, you might know me as ricky from sleepaway camp and then my brain just like kicked in. Well, I'm like, he, he said something about like you know you, you'll recognize me you know as the as the guy with the real short shorts and sleepaway camp. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <Shorts>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, And like I it literally like my brain like clicked on. I'm like, oh that's right, I know this fucking guy <laughs> from sleepaway camp. You're that fucking guy. Um, and for those who don't know, sleepaway camp was one of the slasher movies that came out. What they call the golden years of slasher, which takes place right after Halloween, which is 1978 to about 1984. There's tons of slasher movies released, and there's some that really stand out besides your Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Streets. Sleepaway Camp is really infamous for... Um, it sets up the characters really well. Um, the characters... I mean, they're kids, and it's a, you know, it's a camp. Um, but the, the big thing that everybody remembers is the girl who's doing all the killing is actually not a girl, it's a guy. Whoa. Um, so at the end you find out that she has a dick because they show you. So and it's it's I mean it's really violent. Um I, I it's really weird watching those movies now because they're definitely not as violent as a red band trailer yeah. for Evil Dead. Yeah. Um so that's uh that's what's really fascinating to me. Uh, and I it's really hard to find Sleepaway Camp now. They released a DVD set that I used to have. I don't know what I did with it. It was called the Sleepaway Camp Survival Kit and it had all four Sleepaway Camps in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now if you go on e- uh, Amazon, it's really rare. It's like an did, $80 set. Did every movie end with somebody revealing they were actually a man the whole time? No, well, because... Like they had a penis in a weird part of their body? Uh, like, her name's... An- her na- His name's Angela? I yeah, his. His. Um, his. She re- reappears in the two sequels that took place a little bit afterwards. But I remember the reason I wanted to get the set wasn't for the first one, because I didn't know anything about Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. But the second one had a poster where this girl had a backpack on and in her backpack she had a hockey mask a machete and freddy's glove oh so that's kind of interesting and then when i watched the first one the first one's by far the best one yeah um so yeah uh anyway sit back because the interview's long and listen to jonathan tierson and i mean i ask him questions that i don't know why i had the balls to ask him these (laughs) questions but he answered them not only truthfully but a really interesting thing that i really took away from it is his commitment as an actor mm-hmm. and the process he goes through because i mean i was an actor in high school but i kind of lost my love for acting I, i'm more i like being behind the scenes guy and directing things yeah um i don't like the process of acting i don't you know how some people get like all worked up um right you know like tom cruise when he's about to run he probably runs before he runs on camera right um but i would i, I asked him you know really serious questions i said well how do you get in the mind frame of being a serial killer how do you get in your mind frame of being in these intense scenes and he would tell us. I mean, he was honest. He told us. Uh, I'll let him tell you because his stories really are really good. And he yeah. was very interesting. And he was very 
outgoing. And I mean, I spent after we interviewed him, I spent more time with him at the con and uh, he introduced us to other people we did interviews with. Invited us to stay at his house. Invited us to stay at his house. <laughs> um, but anyways, here, listen to Jonathan Tiersen. He's he's really good. And um, and when we're done, we'll come back and I'll say a little of some extra stuff. Welcome to Real Nerds. Other interview at Mile High Horror Fest. I, I always hate inter- introducing these things because I'm tor- uh, terrible at it. Yeah. I'm Ryan. This you is are. James. And we are with... Jonathan Tiersten. Jonathan Tiersten. Now, uh, you were in a slasher film in the 80s uh, with what they call the golden era of slasher films. No doubt. But you were in one that is kind of notorious because it's really violent and the twist ending gets people. Yes. Correct. And while you were in Sleepaway Camp. I didn't even tell him what movie it was. That was horrible. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so um, can you tell us about being in that movie and especially in an era where slasher films were kind of the horror golden child, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. It was, it was, you know, it was a really interesting time because, you know, yeah, there were a lot of those slasher films coming out. And I think uh, what what they were leaning to at that time was just coming up with more creative kills. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I... Uh, and I and I think there was a trend that was going on that was uh, I don't I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily like which was less towards the macabre uh, suspense trend of Hitchcock yeah, and, right. and stuff like that. What 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 happened with Sleepaway Camp was so different because to me it was character driven and that that very. is very unusual for uh, even that eighties realm of slasher movies yeah. um, with the, maybe the exception of and it's funny because a friend of mine directed it but and wrote it but uh, with the the. Hello, Mary Lou, or goodbye. I can't remember what it was, but the prom night uh, sequence. Yeah. Um, and I always, that's, I mean, my favorite movies are always character driven, and, and Sleepaway Absolutely. Camp was. Yeah, and th- that's what I, ch- uh, you know, it, it was too, it was really meta. It was one, one of those movies that's kind of ahead of its time because it took the conventions that you knew of a slasher film and kind of turned them a little bit. Because one, the killer isn't who you think it's going to be at all. And, uh, you know, they even have, even the, the art for it, it kind of has a wink to previous ones. But, you know, the shoe with the knife going through it. And I, I just love that stuff. And I love that era. Is there any, like, cool stories you can tell us a bit about being an actor and how hard it is to get wear short shorts or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be completely frank, the short shorts were mine. Uh, and that was, I'm sorry, that was just, that was the fashion of the time. No, I, I auditioned in that, uh, in that Tequila Sunrise shirt and really? those shorts. Um and they and liked what you're wearing so much, like that's your costume for the movie. <laughs> Apparently, you know, my mom used to get really mad because I was walking around Manhattan dressed like that. She thought I was going to get raped. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I kid you not. Um, and and so you know, there was. I remember always people always ask me about it now, and you know they say, "Oh my God, that movie would never get past the censors and blah 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 nowadays and all that stuff." But there was, it was a less prudish time. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember reading it and going, huh, that's weird. Because <laughs> um, I was the only one that had the entire script. Huh. Not even not even Felissa had the entire script really? initially. I mean, she knew yeah. what happened, but I had the whole uh, no, did they shooting they... match, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did they not give you the everybody the full script? Because they didn't no, want they didn't people want to, to getting, out. getting out. Yeah. Because, uh, was because that a... if you remember, Sleepaway Camp was a real release. Um, yeah. Unlike uh, you know a, a lot of indie films, it it uh, what happened was it was released. I think it was uh, somewhere in Texas and, and uh, a couple other places, and it beat uh, Yentl 
on its huh. opening weekend and wow. Amityville 3D. Wow. Yeah, and so that's when UFDC released it nationally in, you know, whatever it was, 1500 theaters. Sure. And it was on the top 50 movies list. I mean, movies used to run for a long time. Yeah. Right. It was on the top 50 movies list, I believe, for like 17 weeks. Wow. And, uh, you know, but it was, and I mean, there were television commercials, huh. you know, on network. Yeah, that's, I mean. It was a different era. Yeah, it really uh, was, you know. I mean, I I don't know how it all happened. I don't. I, I've never quite understood it. I remember when we were filming, I mean, the crew was massive. And it was it was the it was the the actual crew from uh, uh, what was it Creepshow? Oh, really? They literally finished shooting Creepshow and then came and did Sleepaway Camp. Wow. Yeah, that, that, and it, it was like, like you know if you go back twenty thirty years and you start looking at the way movies were rated, it was not things were not listed as like you can say fuck once but not twice and like it wasn't hammered well, out. You as can't well. say fuck twice I mean, when Ricky's fucked. Well, <laughs> 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 but uh, I mean it, it was like. It, it, I would definitely say that it was not as, as prudish as we are now, or at least, you know, maybe people wouldn't be shocked by some of that stuff as much we now. We were more but, tolerant. But there are, you know, yeah. uh, you know? The, the ratings are just different back then, you know? It was. Well, do you, uh, you know, you guys, you know, are younger than I am, but I remember it was, to get into an R movie was so easy. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was so easy. I mean, it's not like somebody ever said, oh, you can't come in. And, you know, here I was, I looked like I was about 10. <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, can I have two tickets, please? You know, for Death Wish, thank you. <laughs> you know, and it was easy to do, and, uh, you know, I think it was just ex- acceptable. And now what you have is you have movies on, like, either fringe, where you have stuff that's, like, gore, yeah. gore right. like, to the umpteenth level, and then you have stuff that's, like, so mamby-pamby and painful to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and have to swing for extremes. And you know, uh, Sleepaway Camp too kind of built up. It wasn't all of a sudden. You know, it was lots of murders all of a sudden. It kind of got all the kids there. It's a good camp film. It is. You know, it really is. And I, uh, it's one of those movies that you, I don't want to say you forget about, but you forget the time that it came out. It was you know the cream of the crop because there's so many slashers at that time that were horrible. Um, you know, one I always point to that people like is April Fool's Day. I don't like that one because I think it's too cheesy. But, uh, yeah. It, it's what, this is what I found. And, it, and it's really, to me, it's really interesting because, the, and this has been a very uh, new trend with regard to Sleepaway Camp, is that what, what I used to see for years was bad movie, great ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now that's starting to change. In fact, in Maxim this month, they write up Sleepaway Campus in their 66, really? you know, best uh, slasher films that you've never seen. Huh. And it says, unequivocally, one of the best slashers of the 80s. Wow. Yeah. It said, uh, you know, it had several sequels, but none were as good as the original. Oh, no. And uh, I, now they're getting it, I think. Um, and yeah. I know, you know, a lot of people in Hollywood who, a lot of people know who they are, who, if you just love, if you thought the film was just about the ending... It, it it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked. No, and it, you know the, the the shock of it is awesome. helps. It helps, <laughs> you know awesome. what I mean. Yeah. But but you're right. It's the build up to it. I, I think a lot of times now, slasher movies, um, whether it's Saw or whatever it is, if you can even classify as slasher, it's all about how grotesque can we kill people. Yes. Um, and there's no build up to it. So I think that's why something like Sleepaway Camp is effective because you. Get built up to it, and you're expecting one thing, and it just blows your mind when it, ha- yeah, it goes you, another way. And, and the weirdest thing, I think, uh, and you know, I've, there's been so much written on it, but 
there's this uh, sort of redemption that's going on throughout the movie yeah. where the bad guys keep getting... And, but then they turn it all on its head at the end. Absolutely. And you're like, okay, now I don't know what to think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and there's entire YouTube pages of people's, you know, reaction to the final scene. Really? <laughs> 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 and they're like... <laughs> You well, know, and is that exciting for you for a movie that is almost is it thirty years 30 old? Thirty years old, yeah. It's thirty years old this year that kind of catches on later and that it still has so the ability weird, to, isn't to, it? to be shocked because it's so you think people would know the ending and they would know it because it's thirty years old, but it still catches people by surprise. Well, yeah, and I mean I think it's great when people sort of you know, it's still a little bit under the radar, which is great. And I think it's great when people bring friends. You know, I have a, I have a director friend, Ron Oliver, who uh, he directed the two the two prom night sequels, and he uh, posted on his Facebook a while back that he has now bought his eleventh copy <laughs> of Sleepaway Camp because he keeps lending them to friends. <laughs> they never <laughs> get them back. He never gets them back. <laughs> and when you give it to somebody who's never seen it before, the thing about it is though this this is, and I was reading something about this with how we. Did, deal with fear and whether or not we like to know the ending of things or mm -hmm. whether we always want to keep it a surprise if it were just about the ending people wouldn't be watching the movie over and over yeah, and over I agree. again and they do it's a party film there's drinking games you oh, know? Yeah. I mean uh, I just I love that aspect about it and I if I'm so removed from it because it's been so many years uh -huh. I like watching it I think it's funny <laughs> I really do I think it's a it's an hysterically funny film you know? uh, do you remember sh like vividly shooting it or do you have to watch the movie again no to I kinda... remember everything yeah what is... I've been friends with Felissa for so long oh I mean, nice you know. so what is your favorite story from onset shen shenanigans on sleepaway camp is it something you can share with people I mean I, I share I, I've we're never, explicit so you can do whatever you want right, we don't no, care. I've never I've never uh, shied away from this and Felissa has talked about it too but we had a little puppy love romance while we were on set uh, that did not end well <laughs> and uh, and then you know uh, rekindled that romance in our 30s which was weird but uh, and we're very, very great friends, but it was, uh, I remember that we had to reshoot the entire scene of me screaming, uh, and the director had to lock the two of us in a room, and he said, you two fucking figure it out. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we, I don't know, I don't even remember, So was she, he... did, she did all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> so was he disappointed with your performances, and he was so fed up, that he's like, figure it out, yeah, because I'm Yeah, he knew I'm something done. was going, going on that was affecting our performances. Gotcha. Uh, not hers, because, you know, <laughs> she could just, she can do that stare thing till you know, you're dead, <laughs> which is, is very difficult when you're fighting with her. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> she can literally stare at you for like three minutes without blinking. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. It's really weird. But, wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, we always laugh about it because in real life, uh, my relationship with Felissa is she does the talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do the listening. I think that's true uh, for most men and women. Yes, is, uh... <laughs> yes. And, uh, but, she, I mean, she's such a, you know, she's filming Dead TV now. And she's, I mean, with Eric Roberts. And, uh, you know, I mean, her career is going gangbusters. And she's got three beautiful kids. And, awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was, you know, we were kids. And yeah. kids do, you know, dumb things. She was beautiful. Um, and, and, no, she does not, you know. She doesn't? <laughs> that was a prosthetic? <laughs> that actually wasn't her. Really? Mm -mm. That was a uh, college student. She refused to wear it. Really? It's a college student from a local college, and uh, they shaved his entire body, 
he cried like he was in some kind of Greek tragedy. <laughs> um, and they were plying him with Jack Daniels. I'll never forget it. I was the only one on set for that. Wow. It was wow. miserable. Uh, that I mean I don't. I was imagine. laughing hysterically because <laughs> you didn't have to do it, right? <laughs> I was like, "Oh, and this poor schlump will do anything for two hundred and fifty bucks." Two hundred and fifty bucks for that? I yeah. might do it. That was a lot of money back then. I mean, yeah, I might do that. Yeah. So, if anybody, if you need um, a penis stand-in double and you're offering me two hundred and fifty bucks, I will do it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to make that promise. Okay, well, I don't want you guys to pay me. No, no but I mean. About- <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so many things have happened recently, too, like with Eli Roth listing out his oh, yeah. top five horror movies of all oh, yeah. time. And um, and and I, I got an email from him, and I have to tell you guys this because I've been on Cloud9, but yesterday. Oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, about working together. And, uh, That's awesome. Dude. Yeah. And he said yeah. it's an honor for me to be having this conversation. He's going to put you in Thanksgiving? Like, That'd be awesome. like, really? <laughs> Oh yeah, no. If he put you in Thanksgiving, if he put you in Thanksgiving, then yeah. 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 Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what it's going to be. You know, he's working on Hemlock Grove right now, uh, Mm -hmm. um, which is going to be amazing. I I would assume amazing. I mean, fifty-five million dollar budget for ten episodes. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty serious. That's serious. Yeah, Yeah. Moolah. And uh, I've been, you know, uh, talking with Brian Witten, who I grew up with, who just wrote, you know, and produced Chernobyl Diaries with Oren Pelley. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And. uh, in fact, my mom ran into his mother in the supermarket today, which is very strange. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, so I guess good betting, getting back to your question, uh, to, to see a movie that keeps getting bigger every year, not yeah. smaller, it's pretty great. Oh, yeah, that's going to be know? fun. Considering I, mean, I quit the business for 20 years and, you know, only got back in, you know, three years ago, with, and now The Perfect House is coming out. And so. Oh, is that, is that your next movie down the pipeline? Can you tell people about The Perfect oh, yeah. House? Oh, yeah. Um, well, first, firstly, it's the first movie to um, star both me and Felissa that's outside of the Fle- Sleepaway Camp franchise. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I just won uh, Best Actor in a Feature at the Underdog Film Festival. Oh, Even wow. better. Congratulations. And got nominated at Scarlet Waters Film Festival for the same. Awesome. And so, yeah, I, you know, uh, I thought I would have more ring rust. But, <laughs> uh, and it's it's a it's an anthology and it's sort of an homage to the history of horror. There's three different stories. One starts in the '60s, and so it's shot in a sort of Hitchcock. Oh, cool! Yeah. Way, and then the second one is an '80s horror slasher, and then the last one is more like a Saw film. And it's really it's you know everybody that really cool. Yeah. Jeffrey Reddick loves it. It's so like, is it is so is each film kind of have the aesthetic of the area you're talking about where. The, the 80s might be uh, a little more um, It almost looks suspense. black and white. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the score follows the same thing, oh, that's too. Awesome. It's really amazing. And the, the cinematographer, a guy named Tal Lazar, was, Tal Lazar uh, from Israel, was just he was just incredible. And so the lighting on it is just amazing. And so there's a little less gore in the first one, and then yeah. a little more gore in the second one. Yeah. And there's a backstory that, you know... Ties it all together. Ties it all together. They already have a... a my character's name was John Dozy, and they already have the Perfect House Origins... Uh, which is my character before this all happened, which he's changed it to now he's a musician because that's what I do. Nice. And that's how I get my victims. Is I <laughs> play like these open stages and coffee houses. Love that's it. That's how I ensnare my, ensnare my uh, victims who I keep locked in cages. And then I, I keep one woman there for five years because she's my muse. Uh, wow, that's kind of creepy. Uh, it's really, it's really disturbing, uh, and and but fun, and there's comedy in it, and that's you know I love that because it's got that sleepaway camp thing where it's awesome. like it's terrifying, but it but you find yourself giggling. 
you know, and that's that to I, me. That's the best horror. I think it know? is too. I think um, when you can combine effective elements of horror and comedy is when you sell the horror the best because you need to relieve the tension. If you don't relieve the tension, then I think being uncomfortable in a movie the whole time is not good. Yeah, it you, just it's you, over the top. Yeah, so that's awesome. So is this movie going to be? It, more festivals? Are you releasing a Blu-ray DVD, or uh, be, what's the plan uh, for it? It'll be um, the latest I've heard is it'll be on Netflix and you know iTunes and all that stuff in November, and then Blu-ray and DVD in December. Uh, they're talking about a limited theatrical release, but they don't know the specifics. Sure. Yet, um, and I, as I told you guys, I brought I brought my twenty DVDs here, and I didn't think I would run out, but I have one left. Oh wow. And, uh, uh, and it's because, you know, I mean, like the first moment I was here when Jeffrey Reddick said, mm-hmm. you know, he said, Jonathan, you were brilliant in that movie. That's and I awesome. Was like, I was like, and I know Eli Roth saw it too. And, That's uh, got to make you feel good because you said you took a 20-year break. Yeah. And then you came was, was right back in. I was in for 20 years. And you came right back in. And is this your, and, and you've won awards and people are saying you're yeah, great? Yeah, it's crazy. That's cool. I just feel, I feel very, very lucky. Um, I have a family and a, and a home life, which I think has helped a lot. It's gives me a sort of solid base mm. and you know people said how could you get into the mind of a serial killer and I just said <laughs> it was it was like when they asked Belissa, uh they you know uh, the director was like oh god I see his Facebook page there's pictures of him with his kid and <laughs> he doesn't look menacing at all and she said try dating him <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, can I ask you a question about acting then is it hard because you're such a nice guy to turn into that kind of character where or is it very easy for you because you're? It's just the opposite of what you do. I found it incredibly easy. Really? Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I you know I always say we're monkeys with paperwork. Um, <laughs> you know, at our base is instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want to kill, eat, and have sex. And uh, this character, you know, there's a certain freedom in that. Yeah. You know, he's a psychopath. There's no question. But that's what psychopaths are. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, Eric Harris, you know, from Columbine, I mean, he yeah. just, he he didn't have the same uh, governors that we have that prevent us from doing these things that maybe in, in our heart of hearts we want to do. Sure. Um, you know, I thought when I had a regular day job, I thought about killing my boss every time <laughs> I went to sleep. And I mean, yeah. I followed through. It wasn't like one of those dreams where you don't follow through. I mean, I was, I crushed his larynx. I shot him in the head. I... You know, tore his, <laughs> tore his arms off. I mean, I'm not going to kid you. I mean, there's a reason I'm in horror movies. Yeah, so is that, <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, is that the place you go to for your motivation for your character is, if I didn't have a filter, this is what I would do. If I didn't have a moral conscience, then I, yeah, would, I, think so. I would just It snap. has to come from you, though. It has yeah. to have your own sort of, you know, when you, you at your worst. You know, hmm. and uh, it, it always has to come from inside out. It can't, you know, you can't like look at another guy doing it. You know, people are like, oh, you look like Dexter. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what goes, I don't know what goes on in Dexter's mind. So sure. I can't do Dexter. I can't yeah. imitate somebody. Uh, you have to start from the inside out. And I mean, that does take some work. I'm a method actor. I went to NYU for as an acting major. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just. To me, it seemed like, I mean, I looked up, I did look up some old acting exercises mm-hmm. from Uta Hagen, um, who I did an after-school special with way back <laughs> when. But, uh, you know, yeah, if it comes from inside out, but I think I have, a, I mean, I know, I have a lot of rage inside of me, and that's why I'm funny. 
Yeah. You know, and uh, and that's why I play music and write music. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so for me, I think maybe it, maybe it was a little easier than what it is for some people. I I do consider myself to be a friendly, caring guy, but uh, you know, again, I'm not sitting in a trench, you know, at Normandy. Sure. Right. Do you also have to build yourself up to do it, though? I mean, because... Oh, my God, yeah. Because there's also... I, I, I'm guessing as an actor, because um, I, I was an actor in high school, but I couldn't get into it like uh, someone like you could, because I don't... For me, for a killer, you can't just be, you know, one-dimensional and want to kill people. You kind of have to de- develop some sort of sympathy for you. Right. Uh, would you agree? Or, I, I mean, Absolutely. I don't know you have to go... You, you know, you have to go all the way to the to the extreme and then pull it back. Mm-hmm. Because and then you have that inner life working, and that's what makes it fun is when it's simmering. Sure. And you know the all the best killers that we've ever seen in the movies we really love. You know, you know the your Freddy Kruegers. Uh, you know, uh, there's so many. Uh, like to me, it's Norman Bates. Norman Bates is the guy where he's yes. a good-looking guy. Perfect. He's, Perfect he's, example. He's very mellow, but he always has those little lines. You know, everybody goes a little mad sometimes. In the in the Perfect House, uh, John Dozy only loses it once. He only loses his cool once, hmm. and it's it's very scary when he does. I remember it was scary for me um, doing the scene. But as far as pumping up and stuff like mm-hmm. that, before. Almost every scene, I was doing uh, pull-ups off the girders. I was swinging a sledgehammer. I was doing push-ups. I was running in place. Uh, I was using all sorts of stuff that a lot of method actors would tell would say were maybe cheating. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you know, I was supposed to be sweaty anyway. So sure. I just, but I found that to be incredibly uh, uh, facilitating in, in being able to sort of be in the moment and because you know. It's supposed to be two or three people in a basement, but there's 35 people in the basement. And they're all staring at you. And after day one, everybody's like, wow, he's really good. And I'm like, well, great. Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how about a big glass to shut the fuck up? (laughs) You know, and, you know, the director, who was great, would actually say, you know, don't fucking, don't talk to him. You know, because, you know, some of the people on the crew were like, how'd you do this? And I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of this. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah, my wife would text me every morning. We're fine. Knock them dead. That was it. Yeah, because to me, it'd be like you'd have to get to a dark place almost constantly. And I was people, it was horrendously dark. And people trying to break you would be or talk to you would seem like, you know, getting because out of they it. wanted to lighten the tension. Exactly. I mean, and I don't you know, there was no malice involved. They no, just to, they're like, well, he's scaring the freaking shit. Yeah, out I want to make him a normal guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's a wonderful scene in The Perfect House that I think is the best example of it, where my muse's mother comes to the door with a, with a pamphlet looking for her lost daughter. <laughs> and I just tear this woman to shreds, but so subtly. Uh. You know, and uh, I, this, you talk, talked about Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. I, was, I had Charles Bukowski in my, in my head because uh. I had watched interviews with him yeah. uh, and, his, and his gorgeous wife. Um, when she had got him to only drink wine. <laughs> He's like, you're such a bitch. What, who were you with last night, you whore? And uh, I, that's what I was so... I, and I did it in a, a simple actor, acting, acting exercise, which was I wanted to be a mosquito. And so when you watch The Perfect House, you, you can be the judge, but... That's what I want. I I'm really to excited to see it yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I remember that De Niro was a monkey in a um, 
taxi driver. That's what he was using. Really? And if you watch it, like especially the scenes in the mirror, it makes perfect uh, yeah, sense. Yeah, mm. you know, you just kind of blew my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to rewatch Taxi Driver. I'm like, I see it. I see the simian in him. <laughs> yeah, he, was a, he was a monkey. And, yeah. and uh, I love that because that's, I mean, again, that we're monkeys with paperwork. And uh, for me, because I'm kind of a, I think you guys can gather from the interview while I'm dominating. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, but I also can be very, I always love that. You know who I love for that? Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and people always say that I'm, I'm somewhere between, across between Robin Williams and Steve McQueen. Uh, but <laughs> because Robin Williams, it's, you know, there's that frenetic en- mm-hmm. energy that's absolutely nuts. But man, when he acts, he's like locked. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in Goodwill Hunting, he just seems so calm and, and you know, and you know that's not his normal no. demeanor. But that's yeah. in him. Right? Yeah. And I love that. That's what I love about acting. Because you can find things about yourself that you don't know and you, can't, you couldn't normally do. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you can find that because I could, I could never do it. I mean, I think it's fun to go up and, you know, act and be goofy. But to actually find the depths of a character and well, find that. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's. I, and as Derek Jacoby says, it has to be a need to. It can't be a want to. Mm-hmm. You, know, we do, you know, we wouldn't do this. Nobody would. Yeah. I mean, it's because, it's, you know, mostly it's people telling you that you suck. <laughs> yeah, you have to be good with rejection, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I may have won this Best Actor Award, but I can read you three reviews where they were where like Jonathan Thurston's performance was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just... Uh, you, you do know. kind of put yourself out there, like literally on a stage and say, hey, this is what I did. Judge me. I mean, we... I just yeah. know <laughs> if I did it right or not. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you just have to, you have to be the one who believes in yourself to, to do it. Um, well, you know when you're in and when you're out, when you're working. Yeah. You know, I could, you know, I'm not going to tell you guys because I don't want you to know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but I, you know, seriously, I mean, but I know that you know the scenes where I was like, oh god, I was a little, I was, you know, I was reaching for a line, you know. So is it hard to watch yourself on on a movie screen after you've done the process? And because um, you don't get to choose the performance that's no. on screen. Nope. And do you, is there times when you watch and say, hey, that's not the choice I made, and that's not the one I would want to be on screen? Or do you usually happy with how movies turn out? I'm not particularly comfortable with watching myself. Hmm. Uh, no, not, it's definitely not my favorite thing. I always think I'm going to enjoy it because, you know, my ego says, oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. <laughs> uh, but then uh, and I... Invariably, I'm like, oh, I'm like, why? How could anyone think this was real? Terrible, yeah. you know. And uh, so, no, I, I would, uh, for myself, I don't like watching myself on screen hmm. at all. I don't mind listening to myself sing, uh, but I don't like watching well, myself on screen. The singing is a bit more honest, I would imagine. Like with with the well, acting, both- with the acting, you you can see behind the curtain. Like you know that it's that it's not real, whereas the rest of us. Are well, I know like, those wow. moments where I'm in and out. Yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah. You know, when I see a moment where I'm really in, I'm like, "Wow, that's great, that's fun to watch." Right. So maybe I'll watch that three seconds <laughs> <You know? laughs> for, for for over and over in a loop. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do the same thing with the with the singing too, though. Where I mean, it, you know, we're all our own crit. Worst critics. Yeah. It's it's just that's human nature, uh, and you know, uh, I always say to people, I'm like, you know, you 
reach for whatever you can reach for because it's uh, you know you're never gonna do all of the things that you ever wanted to do but whenever you're doing one thing just freaking do it it's like Jack Palance and you know uh, 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 the cowboy movie with Billy Crystal you know what's the secret to life this and uh, it's just about whatever you're doing do it if you're doing an interview with you guys if you guys have a website if uh, you know somebody uh, uh, washes cars for a living, you know, or works at the checkout counter at the supermarket, you know, just do it. And, uh, you know, I'm really friendly, honestly, with a lot of people at the supermarket. I love these guys. And they, yeah. you know, I've been going there for years and years. For years, they had, nobody had any idea that I was in the entertainment industry, but now they do. And so they ask me really respectful and nice questions mm -hmm. and they want to know what's going on. And then I ask them about their lives. And uh, I think that's it. It's just, it, you know, this whole thing goes by pretty quick. Yeah, I guess, too. You know, as being an actor, it's probably hard, too, because do people mistake you for who you are on screen as how your real-life persona is, and they expect you to walk in with short shorts? And um, <laughs> I would if they asked. <laughs> really? <laughs> I have great legs. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'll take your word for it. You're wearing pants today, but um, you know, know what? It's, it's they, rare that I wear a shirt. Trust me. You can well, see my Facebook they, page. They can't, they can't hear us on here, uh, see us on here. So, wow, you're, you yes. look great. Your legs well, are fantastic. Tell them I'm 350 pounds and bald. 350 <laughs> pounds and bald, which could be no more further than the truth. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely some, you know, I've had stalkers and, and weird really? fam. Yeah, weird Whoa. fam. People who are like, you know, get mad when I, you know, say that I don't know if Sleepaway Camp 3D will ever be made. You know, and <laughs> I had one guy the other day, and then he's like, "You look gay," and I said, "Thank you." <laughs> and, uh, That's brutal. <laughs> actually, no. He said, "You're half. You look half gay," and I said, "Thank you." And then he said, "Are you half black?" And I said, "I'm running out of halves." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, how are you half gay? I, I I think he meant it as an insult, but I, I didn't take it as such. I mean, uh, uh, I thought that meant maybe I was good looking. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe yeah, it's just maybe he was attracted to me. <laughs> I think you're I think you're a good looking guy. Thank you so much. I want to touch you now. Thank you. I felt you are it. wearing plaid. I am wearing plaid. <laughs> See, but so I must no, be half so gay too. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's people who have a very rich fantasy life. Yeah. Who watch movies and think that you're the character in the films that you play? But that's kind of, I guess, in a way too. That means you did a good job if, yeah. they, if they believe you enough. It's just, you know, it's, there's a reason I continue to live in Colorado and not LA. Oh, you live here? Oh, really? I do. That's oh, wow. awesome. I live with my family in Fort Collins, which uh, another actor All lives right. there too, John Ashton. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I do. I probably miss out on some work because I'm there. Maybe. Um, but you live in a great town. I, I, yeah, I mean, we live on an acre, uh, you know, with a wraparound porch and uh, a beautiful patio and oh, wow. four dogs. And That's awesome. Four dogs, a cat, and a fish named Nutcracker. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it is, it's a very paradisical uh, existence, and I have great friends in Los Angeles, um, you know, who will always let me, you know, bunk up, as it were. And when you're working, I mean, you know, most films aren't shot in L.A. anymore anyway. Yeah. I mean, they shoot yeah. everywhere. So uh, Canada, I think, is a big one now. Canada is, is still huge. Colorado just passed a law very yeah. recently that maybe we'll open it up, which That's would awesome. be great. Oh it's, yeah. Our state is so beautiful. Well, it's, it's really sad that they're not shooting more stuff here because, you know, there's still so much open space here that you could really do some intense you could you could uh, open up a, they, a movie uh, warehouse or soundstage well and, and, and i think it's john hickenlooper who's pushing that and it's That's funny because awesome. i've known oh, yeah. him for 20 years but you know he's very much involved in the arts and, yeah, that's and, awesome. and stuff like that and so i think uh 
you know, I mean, can you think of a better place to shoot films? No. I mean, I'm biased because I love Colorado. (laughs) Well, it's so amazing. It it is. is. I mean, we live, it's just such an amazing place. Were you born in Colorado? No, I'm a New Yorker. You oh, you did tell us that, yeah. that you were going to get yeah. raped on the streets of Manhattan, according to your mother. So, <laughs> yes. so hopefully you won't get raped on the streets of Fort Collins because uh, yeah, I don't see that happening, <laughs> I don't see that happening either. <laughs> we, uh, he went to school up there, and we always want to go to Raising Cane's, the chicken uh, strip oh, yes. place. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yes. See, you guys got to come to my house, though, because it's better, because... Uh, I start to grill, and then... Well, if you're inviting us to your <laughs> yes. house, Jonathan... Yes. You can we come to my house. Yeah. You guys can do interviews. You know, you can interview my, you can interview my kid. Awesome. Uh, but actually, what I'm, what I'm thinking about doing, honestly, next year, because of my this plot of land that mm-hmm. I have, is I want to start doing some uh, house concerts, because they've done... Uh, you know, they've, I've gotten pretty regular airplay on NPR and KUNC and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I have, you know, seven CDs out. And... Uh, I thought, what an idea, because I was looking it up. I, I was contacted by a guy named Drew Ekman, who was the editorial director for Newsweek for 30 years, mm-hmm. and he does these concerts in Jersey on a lake. And, I mean, he's had, like, incredibly famous people play at his house, but they play in the house. Yeah, I'm like, wow. I live in Colorado on an acre with cool neighbors. We could do these concerts, you know, early evening with a stage in my... At my house. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, how fun. Be like a mini festival. Yeah. I mean, just unbelievable. And I have another friend who has five acres right in the foothills. I mean, I love this idea. And, and it would, you know, I'd be able to perform too. And, and But, you know, not uh, have the rigors of the road, which yeah. I don't miss. <laughs> what uh, what kind of music do you uh, perform? Or well, there's you know I sadly have to go to a lot of the write ups, but people have said if you like Van Morrison, if you like David Bowie, if you oh, like Jeff awesome. Buckley, Cat uh, Stevens. So you're um, kind of like a folk pop, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's what I ca- that's a, what I'd call it. Lack of a better word. Yeah, that's awesome because um, Van Morrison and Cat Stevens, I love those guys. Well, mm. I will give you guys a CD and you can uh, you know you can uh, play it on the show or whatever oh, you like. Dude. I also wrote yeah. the theme song yeah. to the Perfect House, which is actually. Really? Yeah, it's more metal edged because um, you know so it is a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you're pretty diverse. Some folk tunes. So in you're it. diverse, is what you're saying. You could do anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, vocally, I, that's you know, this is what I was doing for 20 years when I quit acting. I mean, I huh. yeah. I sing in four octaves and uh, really, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's my passion. Always has been. I love acting, and and it's uh, the acting thing is really it's helped. It's opened me up musically too. That's really cool. Yeah, so wow. the two have really sort of worked really well together. In fact, the only two original songs in The Perfect House, I wrote both. But that is so yeah, cool. One of them with my cousin. Who's That's going to be musician. so cool because I guess as an actor and as a musician in the movie, you can totally get the feel of the movie because you're seeing both sides. You can set the tone not only with your performance but with your music. Well, it was really interesting because I was when I um, was recording the song for The Perfect House, I was actually shooting another film. Huh. Uh, called Redemption, which is supposed to be at the Tribeca Film Festival next year. And uh, it was with uh, George Loros from The Sopranos, who plays yeah. Buffalo Ray Curdo. Yeah. Who was also in Serpico, one of my favorite movies. Uh, and George and I got to be really good buddies on the set. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? Because I was down in the hotel lobby on, on the computer, and I'm sharing uh, lyric files with my cousin. <laughs> we, did, we, filmed, we did this recording completely in two different places. Yeah. Wow. And Simon... Uh, the cinematographer took me to a studio up in a, uh, where was that, north of the city, uh, like Nyack area in New York, and uh, 
took me to this amazing studio in the country, and I, so I recorded my vocal tracks there. My cousin was recording wow. all his stuff in Long Island, and uh, he said, that must be awesome to be able to, you know, yeah. uh, do that while you're working on this. And I said, in fact, yes, it is. <laughs> so are you a lyricist and a composer? or? Um, mm -hmm. I even did a score for a short film with uh, David Krumholtz from Numbers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now he's on that new show, Partners. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because he plays sort of like a Frank Sinatra type cop. It's called, uh, I, and this gets where it gets confusing because I just did a movie called Redemption. This one's called Demption. <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody was harmed in the making of these films. <laughs> uh, but Krumholtz was amazing in it. And Peter, uh, what's his name, McNichol or whatever from uh, 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 Ally McBeal and Numbers. What was his I, name? Peter Nichol? uh, Nichols? Yeah, 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 yeah twenty-four yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, he said that it was the best work David ever did. Wow! And uh, but that was—I'll tell you what—writing a score. I thought seven and a half minutes be a piece of cake. <sighs> fifty-five <laughs> hours later. Oh wow! Fifty-five hours. Wow. I'm not kidding. In the studio to get a seven-minute score. Uh, but it's really cool. You, yeah. And you can see it. It's on YouTube and stuff. Um, yeah, we'd love to. And it's really fast, and there's lots of bloodshed and drugs. And oh, who doesn't love bloodshed and yes, drugs, yes. you know? And David Krumholtz is, like, really cool. Is this like He has, like, a pork pie hat, you know, and does this total, like, Sinatra cop. Awesome. Thing. Like, short guy, but just you can tell he's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not a good guy. He's at least as evil as the evil guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm serious. When we're done here, you guys should w watch it because I, I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So is there a place we can go online to find you and projects you're involved with? Yeah, there's JonathanTierston.com. Uh, also, you know, obviously my Facebook page, and then I have a, a Facebook fan page as well. Awesome. Uh, and uh, also my uh, management page, which is uh, adamanagementgroup.com. And uh, my amazing manager, Andrea Albin, is on there. Uh, she has helped me enormously to sort of uh, manage all these things that are going on at the same time. I know. If you're doing that and yeah. you're coming to conventions, man, yeah, and you're... Yeah, I'm trying to produce. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, you're uh, not busy, are you? No. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I, for me, mostly my favorite thing, I'm not going to lie to you guys, my favorite thing, and I'm, that's why I'm serious, I'm, this is not a hollow invitation. You come to my house, you sit there, we grill, we drink beer, and, uh, and then we grill more. <laughs> you know what? I cannot say no to that. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. You yeah. know? Oh. I mean, we, it's, our house is just... You know, I'm, I hate to say it. I'm proud of my yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, too. We have a huge garden. You know, it's just, it's just a really fun place wow. to hang out. Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Oh, you're it very was welcome, guys. An uh, you're an amazing guy. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. You do so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, once again, I want to thank Jonathan for sitting down with us because he's the one who broke the ice for us at My Eye Horror. And yeah. he got us talking and he got us getting everybody else involved. Um, we probably wouldn't have talked to as many people if it weren't for him. It was really nice of him. Yeah, so, I mean, I love the story about how he would do push-ups and he'd get, you know, worked up, amped up for these scenes because if you've seen the movie, he does, I mean, and he he's really good because he has kind of a, a really nice demeanor. And so even when you watch him as he's playing a serial killer in the movie, you're like, the reason he's scary in the movie is because you don't picture him that way. Right. Because he's not, he doesn't wear a mask. He wears jeans and a shirt and he's just a vicious person. So you should really go to theperfecthouse.com where you can download the movie. It's only $6. I promise you, if you're a horror movie fan, it's worth $6. Um, 
and check it out. He also wrote the soundtrack, or the, not the soundtrack, but he wrote the theme for it, so you can listen to his music. Um, he's he has a band. It's called Jonathan, Jonathan Tiersen and the Ten, Ten Tears. And he gave he was he was so nice uh, when the uh, the festival was ending. We were just hanging out, talking to him. He gave yeah. us a copy of his DVD, all his CDs, um, yeah. for nothing, he's, just because he's like, thank you. He thanked us for sitting on our podcast. Yeah, when we should be thanking him for taking time. I mean, a long time. Yeah. So he was very gracious. Um, again, make sure you stay tuned uh, later on because we'll keep on rolling these out. We still have a lot of interviews to do. Um, so much work for Brad. Yep. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, and they're really fun. I promise. I'm not saying that because. You know, I'm doing the interviews. The interviews, I'm not the interesting person. The people who are telling the stories are the interesting people. No, you're really boring when you're talking. I am. So please uh, let us know what you think. And thanks for listening. And until next week, we'll see you in the movies. Bye. Bye. Bye.